Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Private eyes are watching you. They see your every move. Private eyes are watching you. Private eyes are watching you, 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 still watching. But they're watching. The rogues are watching you. I know they're not exactly private eyes with us. You know, they're from the darkness watching you. I don't know. That's the song we came up with, okay? It's good. It's it's sneak attack rogue, Demir Rogue update time, and who doesn't love Hollow Notes? what's up everybody? You're watching Slash Links of the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. All right, we're doing the budget upgrade guide for the Demir Rogue Tribal Sneak Attack deck. Um, we already did the deck reveal video for this, so a lot of the information about the deck will be in that video. So if you haven't seen that, maybe go watch that and then watch this. Um, but we're going to do the same thing we we did for the Night deck, which is suggest the 10 cards we think you should put into this deck, the 10 cards you should take out for around a $25 budget to get this thing up to speed and ready to tangle with quote-unquote real decks uh, as <laughs> soon as possible. This is a real deck, by the way. We just want to make a real lure. Just most, I think most playgroups are playing around the 7 range of power level, and so to get this deck up to that, you know, where it has chance to win games in that yep. arena, yeah. Yep, yep. And of course, if you want to pick up any cards that we mentioned today, or the deck itself, or any other sealed product, there's so much magic product these days and of course this is commander focused commander specific so it's made for us and hey i think it's a great way to get someone else into the game the best way to do so is go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone they've got sealed single products magic cards everything that you need to make this deck hum sing be private eyes <laughs> or of course you can buy any of the cards from the new sets that are coming out commander legends is on the way there's so much exciting stuff and you want to support our podcast because well you know it really does help keep the lights on around here to keep our content flowing you do so at cardkingdom.com slash command zone that's all you have to do enter the url the affiliate link and you're on the website and ready to buy yeah you're gonna buy magic cards anyway just use the affiliate link when you do it's really easy easy uh, and then once you get this deck or both these decks or whatever it is that you get you're gonna want to sleeve the thing up and this is a great time to try out the new pro gloss ultra pro eclipse sleeves no better time yeah i'm gonna take apart take some of my decks and unsleeve them and put them into the pro gloss but the best is 
is getting a new deck that you have to sleeve anyway yep. and sleeve it in the new Progloss stuff because they have this new translucent back that makes it so that the cards re retain their vibrancy. So yeah. especially, uh, you know, Anawan and uh, what's the other one? Obun. Obun. They're in foil. So if you want those foils to really look good and really pop, uh, Ultra Pro's new product, the Progloss Eclipse Sleeves is the way to go. Also, they have deck boxes, play mats, everything else to keep your battlefield looking nice and shiny and also keep all your cards safe. You also just want the best shuffle feel on the market. Yeah, that's just a putting, good point. Oh, my goodness. Eclipses okay. are just ew, like I'm butter. Like yeah. butter. <laughs> and the final way to support the show directly is at patreon.com slash command zone. Uh, we have a Discord there where we hang out every single day answering fan questions. We talk to our community. We also have just tons of people in the community that are really active. We've got CEDH players that can give great advice about deck building. We have casual players that love Worthos. We've got the whole gamut, as well as people like Kyle Hill are chilling in there, as well as our staff, Ashlyn, Craig, Manson. All those people have now joined our Discord, so you can talk to them online as well. Also, you know, if you watched Mulan on Disney Plus recently, you might oh. have some uh, questions for Jimmy. Burning questions. Yeah, about the movie. You. Yeah, Discord's a really good place to ask because he responds there very, very quickly. Uh, again, patreon.com slash command zone. All right, let's jump into... Oh, wait. We called someone, too. Oh, yes. We have to shout out one lucky patron every single episode. Wow. Sorry, in advance. Jeez, my <laughs> uh, bad. But this episode is dedicated to Jonas, Jonas Turner. Turner. Jonas. You rock. You do. Sorry we almost forgot you, but we didn't. But we didn't. <laughs> we saved it in the end. Thank you, Jimmy. All right. Nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Demir Rogue, Sneak Attack, Budget Upgrade Guide. Again, 10 cards in, 10 cards out. Total budget of around $25. We're not going to touch the mana base uh, on this one at all. We did a little on the last one just said to add cards. It was a lands matters deck, yeah. so we kind of had to there. Um, okay, one more. I'm going to reiterate this. We did the deck reveal video for this, so we're not going to do a ton of discussion about the stats of the deck and all that stuff that we already went through. So if you want more thoughts on that, go to episode 347 of our podcast, which was two episodes ago, and uh, check that out for all that rundown. We will read the commander again, though, just so you have the right context if you don't, if you did, if you missed the earlier video, yeah. but you don't want to go back right now. All right, this one's a fun one. It is a Rogue Matters deck. It's Anawan, the Ruin Thief. Two, a blue and a black. Demir Commander for a 2-4. Legendary creature, Vampire Rogue. Other rogues you control get plus one, plus one. And whenever one or more rogues you control deals combat damage to a player, that player mills a card for each one damage dealt to them. If the player mills at least one creature card this way, you draw a card. So this is obviously a attack and rogues matters deck. When your rogues deal damage, they're going to mill cards equal to the damage that was dealt to them by those rogues. And then if there's creature cards that get milled, you get a draw card as a result. Another important thing to, to mention about the rules on the card is the wording that whenever a rogue you control deals combat damage to a player, mm -hmm. that player mills a card for one damage dealt. And then if the player mills at least one creature card, this way you draw a card. So you can't draw more than one card per player. Right, but you, you can, can hit draw. them with 12 rogues. <laughs> You'll only draw one card. But you yes, you were, you were about to say. Yeah, you can draw three cards if there are three opponents and you swing at all three of them and connect for damage and meet the requirements. And mill a creature card. Unlikely yeah. to happen, but it's, it's possible yeah. to, to draw multiple cards off different opponents. Yep. Um, and also, of course, there are, you know, normally when we get these pre-cons, there are a lot of new commanders and you can be like, all right, which one's Gonna, what are we going to choose for the commander? The Demir deck, because it's only two colors, there are a couple of other legendary creatures in the deck that you could just put as the main commander reprints, if you yeah. want to. Yeah, reprints. Like there's Una, uh, Queen of the Fae, and Sig. So those are possible slots there. But you know what? This is a Rogues Matter deck. 
Anawan is here and he's got a very specific strategy and the deck is kind of built around that. So we're not going to be looking to those other commanders. Yeah, we're going to build around Anawan. I don't think anybody is buying this deck and then being like, I'm going to put Una in command of it, even though she's sweet. Uh, there are two other new cards. We'll run them down really quick. Enigma Thief, five blue blue for a five five Sphinx Rogue with flying, but it has Prowl for three and a blue so you can cast it for its Prowl cost if you've dealt damage with a Sphinx or Rogue this turn. And then... When Enigma Thief enters the battlefield for each opponent, return up to one target non-land permanent that player controls to its owner's hand. Okay. So when it enters the battlefield, you bounce a thing for each opponent. Yeah, seems pretty good. If, um, if you pay Prowl. If you pay the Prowl. For four cost, mana, yeah. that's great. Seven, seven mana. mana uh, not, yeah. yeah, you could start winning the game with seven mana. Yeah. Whisper Steel Dagger is the next brand new card. It is two in a black for an artifact equipment. I'm just looking at the art for the first time on this, and it is pretty nasty. Gruesome. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, equipped creature gets plus two plus oh. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may cast a creature spell from that player's graveyard this turn, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that spell, and it costs three to equip. So the idea here is now you're giving your creatures more power. When they swing with Anawan out, they're going to mill more cards because they deal more damage, and now you can cast a card that from their graveyard. You can spend mana of any color. So you do got, still have to pay the mana, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not for free. Um, and this equipment is three mana to cast and three mana to equip, so it's a bit on the expensive side as well. I would have liked to see it be three and two. Yeah. Then I think it would be a lot. It oh, would have yeah. a chance to see play like in the wider world of Commander. I think it still does in some decks, but it, it's pretty inefficient. Yeah, and I don't even think Enigma Thief sees that much play outside of this deck or Prowl cost being paid decks, unless you have a reanimator type strategy, mm -hmm. in which case it seems like a pretty fun, more on the casual side of cards to reanimate. That's not like, you know, Agent of Treachery. Right, yeah. <laughs> but if you don't have rogues in the deck, you're probably not playing it outside of, yeah, I guess. Maybe but a as Sphinx a Travel? As re uh, Sphinx, yeah. yeah. As reanimator targets go, it's still not even that great, right? Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, again, you, you can, again, play Agent of Treachery, which is, I think, just better. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the deck contents. There are three new cards, 30 basic lands, and 67 reprints. But three of the reprints are from Zendikar Rising. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the value here, which is the next uh, category, deck value, we're not going to talk about those three cards because we are doing these deck values based on the value of the cards before everything was revealed because we have to record these videos ahead of time. So we're basically going to be calculating the 64 reprints um, that aren't, you know, Stuff that's not from Zendikar yeah. uh, Rising or the Zendikar Commander decks. All right. We are not... We're good, but we cannot literally can't predict. look into the future. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Um, okay. So there are five <laughs> cards over $5, 14 cards over $2. We're not going to run down those cards again. Watch the reveal video if you want to see that. The total reprint value of this deck is 106.16. Pretty good. Pretty good. And a lot of that was loaded in the cards $5 and over. Because yeah. Una, again, a very classic commander card, has steadily climbed in price. Sig wasn't cheap a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, comparing it to C20, the Aquaria decks from earlier this year, their reprint value on average was $97.48. And that's just for reprints. Again, there were a series of cards in those decks that have all skyrocketed in value. Here's guardianship. Deflecting SWAT. Yeah. Um, so again, because there are brand new cards and those have values themselves, you have to take that with a grain of salt with the uh, average. Yeah, the uh, C20, C20 decks room. had 20 new cards each, so those values were not calculated right. Yeah. But reprint value, this is actually a little higher than the C20 decks, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, again, we're not going to go through any of the reprints in the deck in this video because we did it in the reveal video. Yeah, the most notable thing is that this is just another chance for Wizards to reprint cards, and mm -hmm. especially ones that, like, you know, Una, Queen of the Fae may not fit into, like, the next Modern Horizons set, right. but it certainly can find its way into a deck that cares about making rogues and attacking and stuff. So that's, that's neat to see that there are places for these higher value cards that just see light again. All right, let's run down this 
stats of the deck just because we want you to have the context of why we're making the choices of what to add and take out so there are Good eight call. ramp cards seven card draw cards a little low but remember anawan is a card draw card there are four board wipes seven targeted removal spells. There we go. So our essential categories all look pretty good. Ramp a card draw slightly low. I'd say card draw is closer, though, because your commander gives you always access to some card draw. Yeah, and you're in blue and black, so ramp is actually a little more important than these colors because you don't have land ramp. So. Yeah, so a little more ramp might be nice. Uh, rogues, there are 26 rogues in the deck or cards that create rogues, mm. um, which is good. We like to see at least 25 when we've got a main theme, so mm. we're, we're there, uh, although we're at the lower end of that. There are 11 rogue payoff cards, four cards with prowl, and then Anawan himself is also a rogue payoff card. Mm -hmm. um, there are only three mill effects, so cards that will mill your opponents. Anawan is also a mill effect, uh, so it doesn't appear as if the deck is focused at all towards actually trying to win by milling. It's no, kinda, thank you. Yeah, it's kind of just trying to get card draw that way. Yep. There are 10 mill payoff cards, though. So that's a lot of payoffs for not very much milling, right? Mm -hmm. um, there, A lot of that is reanimating stuff from graveyards, like cards that say, uh, you know, get a creature from somebody's graveyard, preferably your opponent because you milled it um, onto the battlefield. Whispersteel Dagger is one of those mill payoffs, by the way. For sure, yep. And then about. ways to pump creatures. There are seven. And again, you're milling according to the power of your creatures. Also, you're just going to get a bunch of rogues out, and a lot of rogues are unblockable. So just how much damage can you do? Because rogues are usually unblockable, but small. Like 1-3, 2-3. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And trying to mill a creature card with Anwan out, and you're only milling two cards, the more you can mill, the better. That's a really good point. All right, so let that contextualize the choices we're about to make and we'll talk about here. So let's talk about the cards we want to add to the deck. Remember, our total budget is $25 for this exercise around. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to be real sticklers. If it's 27 or something, that's fine. So yes, if you have Cyclonic Rift and those type of cards, Please add, put it in add them to the deck, but we're not going to talk about you know those expensive stable cards. All right. Yep, yep. Uh, one thing I wanted to note before we, got, oh, right. we get started is I would... This is not the official part of our 10 in, 10 out, but I would try and take out some of the bad ramp cards like the Key Rune and the Locket. Because yep. those are three CMC rocks. And your commander is four CMC, so having something at three just isn't that great. So I try to replace that with like just the better ramp that's available at around that mana cost. Worn Power Stone, Wearfarer's Bobble, uh, on the more expensive side, Coalition Relic, Felwar Stone, the Talisman. Yeah. Those are all options that are better than the Key Rune and the Locket by a lot. Yeah, again, because your commander's four mana, you want to play it on turn four, and playing a rock on turn three isn't going to get you there. And these three mana rocks are pretty crappy. They don't, like, they only give you one extra mana. You can do that for two mana, right? Yeah. yeah. And sorry, you want to play your commander on turn three, so you right. want to have two mana rocks. Sorry, yeah. misspoke there. Okay, um, let's go into the first section of cards to add, and it's more rogues. Yeah. I think 26 is at the low end, but I just you just want to have rogues out all the time. So I just think you want to push that number up to 30 or more rogues. And they printed a bunch of really good ones in recent years, too. Um, so the first one is Thieves Guild Enforcer. For a one for a black man, you get a 1-1 one, one flash human rogue. And whenever Thieves Guild Enforcer or another rogue enters the battlefield under control, <gasps> each opponent mills two cards. As long as the opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard, Thieves Guild Enforcer gets plus two, plus one, and has death touch. So this becomes a 3-2 with death touch pretty Pretty quickly, not to mention if you have a bunch of rogues, this costs one mana. And it's a black mana, and it's a got flash, so you can. It's really cheap, really efficient. Mill everyone out, get a little extra value. Yeah, and and, and the death touch is makes it sort of unblockable, right? If they yeah, have a high block. value thing, they're not going to really want to block just because they 
it's not even that they're letting you draw a card. They're only maybe letting you draw a card to, mm-hmm. to let it hit them, and it's only three. So yeah. I like this quite a bit just as an efficiency play. And it's great for the mill payoffs as well, just to maybe get something in there for your Whisper Seal dagger or whatever else it is. One thing we didn't mention um, in this episode about Anawan that's important is that the milling uh, part where you draw the card, if you mill a creature card, you draw a card, is only tied to Anawan's ability. So if you mill... Uh, a creature card with the Thieves Guild Enforcer, even if Anna one's out, you will not draw a card. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. It's not in there for that. Yep. Uh, the next one is, oh, and also, uh, what's that card's name? Thieves Guild Enforcer is about 75 cents, so very cheap. Not bad. Uh, the next one is Ink Fathom Infiltrator. It is a hybrid, two hybrid Demir mana. So blue, blue, black, black, or blue, black for a 2-1 Merfolk Rogue, and it can't be blocked and can't block. It's That's never it. going to block anyway because this thing's turning sideways every single chance you get with Anawan out. Yep. Just highly efficient. We've talked a lot about lowering the mana curve on decks now and seeing that rogues can be really cheap and efficient. And chances are people aren't really going to even have blockers out. So even if they can block, the chances are in those very early turns won't be able to. So by turn three, you're probably drawing a lot with Anawan. I mean, if you can go a one drop, two drop, three drop, play Anawan, swing with all three rogues, you have a good chance of drawing a card or two right there. Yeah. That's, that's really what you want to do if you can't get a ramp piece on two to get them out on three, right? Yeah, and these combat-based decks, too, I think have to rely heavily on card draw because you're not sitting and building a value engine. Your value engine could just be taken out by a board wipe. So yeah. you got to get it in early and fast. All right, Glint Sleeve Siphoner is the next card. Oh, by the way, Ink Fathom Infiltrator is $2. It's a bit of an older card from Shalimore, so that's why. All right, the next card is Glint Sleeve Siphoner, one in the black for a creature human rogue, 2-1 with Menace, also very good in this deck. Whenever Glint Sleeve Siphoner enters the battlefield or attacks, you get an energy counter. Haven't seen this in a while. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may pay two energy, and if you do draw a card and you lose one life. So when it enters the battlefield, you get one energy counter. When it attacks, you get another energy counter. And then the next upkeep, you can spend both of those to draw a card and lose a life. So it's like a very slow Phyrexian Arena. But this is the kind of card that, with Menace, can get in quite a bit, do a lot of damage, and get you even more energy over time, and hopefully just draw you cards. And it seems like a good value engine over time. It's not quick and dirty and fast, but it also builds well into the deck because it's a rogue. Yeah, two, two drop. You're just looking for low-mana rogues that are going to be... Uh, efficient right yeah as far as like cost efficient and also like this is going to replace place itself in most games if you played on two on three you attack with it and on turn four it's already drawn a card and replaced itself Mm -hmm. and now anything you get with anawan and the rest of it is kind of like gravy yep um okay the next card is ink fathom witch this is a good this is an important one it's one a blue and a black for a one one merfolk wizard not a rogue has fear. This creature can't be blocked except by another, except by artifact creatures and or black creatures. But the important part, you can pay two, a blue, and a black, and each unblocked creature has base power and toughness for one until end of turn. The big thing with both the Naya deck and the Demir Rogue deck when breaking it down that we notice is there are not very many win cons. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of ways for these uh, decks to actually end the game. And so... Demir not known for like mass pump, right? They don't have crater hoof <laughs> behemoths and stuff. And so you're looking for ways uh, to be able to sort of alpha strike and I have five rogues out. How can I turn that into victory? Turning them all into four uh, power things is one way to do it. Also yeah. just in general good with Anawan because they'll hit for more yep. and mill more, more likely to draw cards. Yeah, I actually like this quite a lot. It almost reads like an enchantment, if anything. And yep. now it gives your opponents too also like, hey, like let's say you just want to attack because you want them to trade away one of their better creatures. 
Ink Fathom Witch just makes them go like, am I going to take 16 damage right now and go to like four? Yeah. Or do I block and lose a couple of my creatures in the process? Yeah, there's that um, that uh, fear of activation or whatever that we, that, yeah. we, that we talk about. Yeah. All right. This next one is Knowledge Exploitation is a tribal sorcery for rogues uh, and it is a five blue blue casting cost. However, it's got Prowl for three in the blue. So again, you can cast this card for its Prowl cost if you dealt damage to a player with a rogue this turn. So it's four mana. Most of the time for you. Oh, search target opponent's library for an instant or sorcery card. You may cast that without paying its mana cost. Then that player shuffles their library. This reads like expropriate. This Seven is, mana yeah. expropriate, right? <laughs> this card is nuts. Instant or sorcery. Yeah, just target the player that's likely to have expropriate or time stretch or something like that in their deck. This could be a win con for sure. Just super, you're going to find something that's worth way more than the four mana you paid in almost every deck, right? Even if it is just a board wipe, right? Like there are times when you just need to get a card in and this this works as a tutor in a lot of ways. And as a blue-black deck, it's going to give you access to cards you would never have otherwise. Yeah, this card... I'll be honest, likely to raise in price quite a bit once this deck is revealed. So sorry if at the time that you're watching this, it's not still $4. Yeah, but this card is a lot of fun too. Just seven mana expropriate. I'll take it. Better than nine. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, and then as mentioned with Ink Fathom Witch, it is difficult to find game enders that work with your rogue strategy. Mm -hmm. So we're going to actually spend a, a decent portion of our budget, but I think it's worth it on Coat of Arms, which is about $9 right now. Um, it's five mana for an artifact, but each creature gets plus one, plus one for each other creature on the battlefield that shares a, at least one creature type with it. So if you have five rogues out, they'll all get plus four, plus four. And this is a way to just play this end the game. I should say with Ink Fathom Witch and with Coat of Arms, I think the proper play pattern in most games is mm-hmm. to hold them in hand and play them the turn you can swing with... M- enough things to like take somebody out or something or at least threaten lethal or at least do enough damage that you're for sure to draw a bunch of cards or something you don't want to just play it out early mm-hmm. because the surprise factor will be important and people will get rid of a card like this yes. once they're starting you know if you're starting to hit someone for six to eight damage a turn life totals will go down really quickly so. i mean if you have five one ones or two twos out and they're looking at six damage they might be like whatever i'm just not going to worry about it i yeah. can cast my board wipe but i'm not going to and then you go coat of arms kill you yeah whereas if you played coat of arms and then cast five rogues they're like i have to cast my board wipe right now and they do it so just play smart yeah even if it's like coat of arms take you down to three that's good enough yeah. for someone else to be like okay cool i'll just chip in with a flyer and end them right there all right, the next category is more essentials. So this I is love some essentials. Yeah, it, we're a little low on ramp and draw, and I want to make sure that the deck has enough of that. So let's talk about a card that is pretty new. Yeah, pretty new and is a card that we've seen versions of in the past, but this is just great for this kind of deck and any attacky base decks. It's Reconnaissance Mission for my Coria. Two blue blue for an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. Woohoo! And you can also pay two to cycle it, so you can discard it and draw a card. So that is just gravy on top. Typically, you're going to be playing this out. Um, this is great. You're doing a lot of damage anyway, and this guarantees you're going to draw a card. Sometimes you even draw two with Animal out. Yep, yep. So it's... And then a lot of, again, rogues have unblockable or menace or ways that, like, they're hard to block. So this is a 25-cent card. Seems like a slam dunk in this deck. Seems like a slam dunk in a lot of decks, actually. I'd keep an eye out for that one. Uh, a card that's stapley but still not super expensive, so we can put it in here, is Sword of the Animist. Two mana for an artifact that gives plus one, plus one. Sorry, artifact equipment that gives mm-hmm. plus one, plus one to equip creature. 
costs two to equip and says when an equipped creature attacks, you may search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tap, then shelf for your library. So this ramp. is ramp. Yeah, and also pumps the creature so it mills more and more likely to draw a card. Yeah, uh, equipment actually somewhat better in this deck. Uh, you can tell because they added Whisper Steel Dagger as an equipment. There's some in the deck as well, but I love this card. It's just wonderful. Any deck that doesn't have green in it. Yep. Uh, next up is a great addition. I really like that this is here. It's Scheming Symmetry. A black for a sorcery. Choose two target players. Each of them searches their library for a card, then shuffles their library and puts that card on top of it. Why? Why not put a creature on top for your opponent? Yeah. Well, or, I mean, or they if, get, if they get they to choose. choose. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're going to mill them. Because you're going to mill them, so they don't yeah. get their card, and you're going to get yours. Well, I mean, ideally, you're also doing this to the player that doesn't have graveyard synergies, but yep. there's probably going to be at least one player out there that does this. And there are times, too, where you scheming symmetry and go, we need a board wipe. Can you help? If I give you the means to get a board wipe, will you cast it on your turn? Yes. Okay, scheming okay, symmetry. Great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. now you get to get an awesome card, and they solve the problem for you with their next draw step, too. You kind of so. just drew two cards with that, yeah, or yeah. got two tutors <laughs> out of it. Nice. Uh, the next one is a, another underrated card. It's only about a dollar and probably should go in more decks. It's Mask of Memory, two mana for an equipment. Equip cost is one. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may draw two cards wow. if you do discard a card. So you get you get like card filtering. It's a, it's better than drawing just one card, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Not to mention if you have... It's a black deck. There are cards that will care about the graveyard as well. And the equip cost being one is a big difference maker. Yep. You get this on one of your unblockable things, and you're just you're just rifling through your deck, getting the best cards. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout the course of the game, it's going to really make a difference. The stats on this are the same as Swiftfoot Boots, and we all know how good that is. Yep. So, all right. So those were our ten cards to add in. Now let's talk about our cards to remove. I put uh, under this focus, 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 focus your energy. Yes. Because uh, the deck is a little bit unfocused at the moment. So yeah. Also, if we we just looking casual glance at the CMCs, a lot of these cards, they are pretty up there. Yeah, they're all so, five, six, and seven. Like yeah, <laughs> we know from experience, you're not likely to cast anything that's like seven CMC or more. Six and seven drops. I just don't want barely any in my decks no, anymore. No man, yeah. it feels so different than the first days of Commander when yeah. you're just like, oh, I'm gonna slam dunk this eight drop, this ten drop. Yeah. Yeah. That's not just not how. The, that's just not how the format has evolved. Nope. Okay. Uh, this first one category this yeah is expensive reanimation because we don't want it to be expensive yeah you want to reanimate stuff but you don't want to pay what you would pay for the normal cost of an expensive creature to reanimate it right yeah if you're reanimating a card that's like five cmc and you cast this one you're just like oh man i just lost yeah i just overpaid (laughs) (laughs) no thanks yeah i got ripped off uh the first one is faded return from the original theros block for black 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 for an instant that's seven mana it is an instant though Put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It gains indestructible, and if it, it's your turn, scry two. One, I never want it to be my turn if I have to cast this card. Um, but yeah, seven man to reanimate a card. Now, of course, instant from any graveyard. There are some upsides, but overall, just way too expensive. Yeah, it gives indestructible. I think this would maybe be playable in a deck that's holding up a lot of its mana, but you're casting rogues on your turn because they need yeah. to attack the next turn. So you don't want to be holding open your mana, right? And you're drawing cards, right? So yeah. you're going to have options. You don't want to be in the point where it's just like, well, I have to hold open seven mana to cast this on someone's end step yeah yeah the next one is extract from darkness it's three blue and black for a sorcery each player mills two cards then you put a creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control again five mana it's just too much like you can play five cmc creatures that you know what they'll do and you know what you'll get and i still Mm -hmm. don't generally want to do that five is just too much yeah and and again like the milling you want it to be attached to when an Anawan or a Rogue is attacking to draw cards out of it. So just incidentally milling people can sometimes be a big no-no in, in certain play groups. 
Uh, rise from the grave, four in the black for a sorcery. Put target creature card from a graveyard on the battlefield under control. That creature is a black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. I have mana, just too much. And this next one, I think you could talk yourself into it because it's full, It's called uh, Endless Obedience and it's four black black for a sorcery, but it has Convoke. Ah. So your creatures can help cast this spell and each creature you tap while casting this spell, spell will pay for one or, or one mana of that creature's color. So you could say, oh, if I tap three creatures, this is going to be three mana. And it says put target card, uh, creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Here's the thing. You want to be attacking with your rogues. You do not want to be tapping them mm-hmm. for Convoke. So I just don't think that you're likely to actually want to Convoke this thing, in which case, six mana. No, thank you. Also, like, let's say you're in a position where it's like, I can't attack anyone. Getting one creature card out of someone else's graveyard isn't going to be as effective as doing anything else. Like, that one creature card isn't going to all of a sudden magically make your creatures be able to attack again. And, like, you're right. The focus is being drawn off of what you're trying to do here. Like, if you're in that bad position where it's like, I can't attack, maybe I'll tap them for Convoke, then you're just kind of putting yourself in the worst position. Unless you're, like, grabbing an Elish Norn or something nuts. But Yeah, but you never know in any given game whether there's going to be anything be, that yeah. good. Also, like we said, a lot of rogues have unblockable and stuff, so they're still going to be able to attack. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, this next category is called Off Plan. So we've talked about the plan of the deck. These are cards that a bit bit off the beaten road here. Like, uh, this, this, path. I don't, this has nothing to do with the deck it's doing, right? Yeah, it's a cool card, though. It's yeah. Spinal Embrace, three blue, blue, black, so six mana for an instant. That's pretty expensive. Cast the spell only during combat. Okay. Untap target creature you don't control and gain control of it. It gains haste until end of turn. At the beginning of the next end step, sacrifice it. If you do, gain life equal to its toughness. So this, in a way, is a six mana removal spell, and you can do it on other players' turns as well. But it's six mana, and I, I really don't know what they're trying to do here. Maybe you get rid of a blocker so your rogues can come through on your turn. Maybe you stop them from attacking from something. I mean, best case scenario, I guess, is you get attacked. You steal another creature. Block. Block. With you two for one your two opponents. But then, like you said, you have to be holding open mana in a deck that wants to attack with creatures and cast creatures on its turn. You're not holding six mana open. You just for don't a, want to do that. In, uh, for a fun little combat trick, yeah. That may not even, like, they may not attack you. Yeah. Or they might attack you with something where it doesn't matter what you steal. You can't kill it. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I don't like that card at all in this deck. The next one, Stolen Identity, four blue-blue for a sorcery. Create a token that's a copy of target artifact or creature, and then it has Cypher. So when you cast a spell, you can encode it on a creature you control, and whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player, its controller may cast a copy of the encoded card without paying its mana cost. So this card, I think, is decent in this deck. Don't get me wrong. I just think that's magical Christmas land a lot of the time because <laughs> it's six mana on the front end. It's just so much mana to create a token copy of something. And yes, then you Cypher it onto one of your rogues that's unblockable, swing, and make a second copy. There are cards for six mana, like Sahili's Artistry, that will just make two token copies. Right. And then, like... You know what's going to happen. You don't need to worry about your card being destroyed in combat. And you've played a lot of Commander, Jimmy. Yeah. How many times has a Cypher card... It's basically an enchantment once it lands on the thing, right? Yeah. How many times do you... You're like, yeah, I got to activate that Cypher three times in a game. Well, considering you're only attacking once every four turns, <laughs> it's not going to happen that often. Yeah. I could see a card, like Cypher cards, having better use in decks that want to attack a bunch, have extra combat steps. I mean, this does want to attack a lot, but I just think like six mana is too much. I think if the Cypher yeah. card was a lot cheaper, then I would be more in on it. But it's going to sit in your hand doing nothing, and then you hope that you like play it, attack with it, and then attack another time before it's really good. Yeah, and just look at cards like Mirror Maid or Mirage Mirror. There's just other ways to create copies of cards that are way cheaper and probably have a lot more utility as well. For sure. Mirage Mirror is a million times better than that card. Unfortunately, <laughs> out of our budget range. Yeah. Your fault, by the way. My fault, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and that awesome animation. I think we got to give some props to the animation because now Sam plays fault. it. Everyone like, ah. 
I did it. I did the thing. Okay. Next up is Scythe Claw, a five mana artifact equipment. However, it is a living weapon, so when it enters the battlefield, you actually attach a zero zero black germ creature token to it. Um, and then it gets plus one plus one. And whenever a equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses half their life rounded up. Equip cost three. These cards look way better than they actually ever play. You just never can do it. It's eight mana. It's a it, lightning rod for your card, too. Someone's just going to be like, blah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, you're like, pay five. Okay, next turn. Go to equip it to that creature. They're like, in response, kill that thing. And yeah. you're like, okay, I just wasted eight mana and nothing's happened yet. Yeah. But no. that almost got their life to half their total. <laughs> All right, the next the the next one is, and I thought about this one for a long time. I think, mm. I think this card is okay in the deck. It's kind of like the Cypher card. but It might be better in this deck honestly. yeah i think actually it's better in the naya landfall deck it's Blackblade reforged it's two mana for an equipment equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each land you control now it's interesting it has an equip cost of seven but it says equip legendary creature only costs three yeah so three equip is still a lot but it can give a huge power and toughness boost, right? Yeah, it's plus seven, eight, eight plus nine. Eight, yeah, yeah, crazy. So Anawan. And the thing is, there's a, a number of legendary creatures in this deck. Una, mm-hmm. Sig. There's there's like more legendary creatures in this deck than most because a lot of good rogues are legendary. Right. I thought about it for a long time. I just think it's off the plan of the deck and it is very expensive. And when you don't have a legendary creature out, it's horrible. Seven mana to equip is just stone unplayable and you don't have land ramp yeah you know, we had to add land ramp in so it's like the chances that it's even we had to add be- mana ramp it's not even land ramp yeah. right yeah and like what if it's just one of those games where you only get five mana out the entire game oh, this card looks real, real bad, bad. Yeah. yeah uh final category here is just unreliable which actually seems like could fit into a lot of these <laughs> <laughs> hope there's a card i want to reanimate uh, uh the first up is night howler another theros card one black black for an enchantment creature horror it's a zero zero but it's got a bestow cost of two black black so you can cast these cards as bestow for their bestow cost and it becomes an aura spell that enchants a creature and then when that creature dies it sort of like becomes the creature uh, that you cast it as originally night howler and enchanted creature each get plus x plus x where x is the number of creature cards in all graveyards so if you enchant a rogue with it maybe they get like plus two plus two or something yeah. and then eventually that rogue dies and the night howler jumps off and maybe it's like a five five or a six six or whatever but the night howler at that point is just not useful because it's not a rogue and doesn't do anything else for your deck yeah and i can imagine a lot of scenarios where you're like turn four you haven't really milled much yet because anawan hasn't been right. out yet and so you play this card and it doesn't do anything and then you're just like oh boy i hope i mill a lot of creatures and you're not actually milling for a ton right yeah so i just yeah to me just unreliable very unreliable and it doesn't do anything when it finally hops off and stops behooming with a still creature all right and the next one and the last one is open into wonder so sorcery blue blue and x x target creatures can't be blocked this turn until end of turn those creatures gain whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player draw a card here's the thing about this card there are a bunch of cards that exist that just say blue, blue, X, draw X cards. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. why the heck do I need a bunch of conditions attached to that type of card? I can yeah. just play Brain Geyser. Or there's a million iterations. Or there's some that cost one more mana or whatever, right? Yeah. Like this is... This card is just horrible to me in almost all circumstances, unless you actually need the creatures can't be blocked because you're sneaking damage in. But most of your rogues already can't be blocked, so you don't care about that part that much. Yeah, and like let's say you're doing three players, three rogues attacking them. That's five mana. Any of them are susceptible to removal. What are you going to draw? Three cards off of it? Ooh, doesn't seem great. I mean, the only time I would play a card like this, because yeah, like you said, 
you can't be blocked those creatures and maybe that's going to win you the game but otherwise uh, you could just play any other x blue blue draw card or reconnaissance mission yeah I'd say that roughly half your creatures, if not more, already can't be blocked. Right. So in that three creature scenario, you're actually only giving one of them unblockable because the other two have, one has menace and one is unblockable. Yeah. And then you're like, I paid five mana. And then they they can Maze of Ith and stuff where you're like, hey, if I just played literal Brain Geyser, I would just know I'm drawing the, the cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also, what if I have 12 mana, but only three creatures? I can't draw nine cards, whereas with Brain Geyser, I could. Right. So like, yeah, just don't play that card. It the doesn't card scale bad. well. It's too reliant on you having creatures. It's just a weird magical Christmas lane that is... It, it, I don't know. It's just bad. Doesn't, doesn't seem good, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> All right. That's it. 10 cards in, 10 cards out. To the listeners, what do you think of the Demir Rogue Tribal Sneak Attack deck? Do you... Uh, what do you think of these set decks in general? Yeah, now, I want to hear about that. Yeah, we've gone through the Naya deck, the Demir deck. What do you think of them? They are obviously a little bit different than the traditional commander pre-cons that we're used to. Yeah. Uh, do you like this? Are you excited that they're doing these for basically every set now? I think we can reasonably say that we're going to see these throughout the next year. And it's something that I know that Gavin also wants feedback on. And he was actually all over our uh, uh, our Demir preview deck episode. So definitely encourage you all as well to send him a tweet. Send us a message i want i want to see like what kinds of players are buying these and if they're having a good time as well especially if they're new players because that's an important part of the game speaking of buying these oh yeah just go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone you can pre-order either of these decks both of these decks right now you can pre-order zendikar rising booster boxes collectors boosters singles if you want to just that's the most efficient way to spend your money obviously if you're a commander player you know what cards you want for which decks yep foil full art lands all of them <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna buy these cards anyway if you just if you just use cardkingdom.com slash command zone when you do you're simultaneously supporting the content that you enjoy we really do appreciate everybody that does that yep and of course when you get those sweet foil full art lands or any card and you want to sleeve them up put them into a deck or put them into a binder ultra pro is is your number one place to go. They make all sorts of folios to store your cards in. Recently, Cash has been going nuts. I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter. Oh my gosh, he opened over a hundred collect. Uh, sorry, uh, VIP boosters. Yeah, and of course, he stores them all in Ultra Pro sleeves. And that man knows how to that keep was his like cards. Ten thousand dollars worth of sealed product that he opened. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, I know. it's like holy man, moly. That's it's like too bad my NFL career didn't pan out. I know, right? <laughs> That's like one Brady pass. He just makes <laughs> all of that back. <laughs> Uh, so again, Cash uses Ultra Pro and it's great to see him flip through all the cards he puts into his binder. It's a great way to organize it, bring it around to conventions if you want to trade as well. You we know trust- if he's using Ultra Pro, they're the best because Cash's... It, it, like his collection is worth a lot yeah and yeah. he's i mean that's how we got that's how we all became we knew about yeah, him was yeah. his expensive collection getting stolen yeah so he's obviously trusting ultra pro and we do as well for our kickstarter play mat which we should mention uh it's only going to be up for a little bit longer we'll show you all this it is the epic play play map printed on ultra pro these play mats have stuck around forever their quality is amazing we still have i still have play mats from our very first kickstarter that are yep. pristine condition so make sure you check that out in the more info box below support the playmat and you won't be able to get it afterwards but more importantly support ultra pro in general because that is going to be the way that you support the show all right no end step on these upgrade videos because they are bonus episodes we'll be back with our set review we're going to be doing the best new commanders Mm. actually next up there's a lot of new commanders a lot yeah really. yeah so we're gonna be talking about all that so keep an eye out for that uh probably next week or later this week i have no idea when this episode is coming out so just forget any dates that i threw out there and just Subscribe to the channel. There you go. Then there you'll you know. Go. Then you'll know. Notifications. Hit the little bell. Ding, ding. <laughs> All right. Special thanks to our editing, graphics, and logistics team, which is Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, 
Albert Estaca, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nunn, and Sam Waldo. Nice. You can do it all in one breath now. Whew. It's tough. We add a couple <laughs> more people, I won't be able to. Yeah. <laughs> we have to actually have to print more pages out. Uh, and of course, big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer. As always, he does the living card animations that live behind us on set alongside Sam Waldo now. And his amazing animations open our show at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast. You can find him online at Living Cards MTG. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.